Welcome, I'm Dr. David Clark from Sheffield Hallam University. I'm the author of the UFO Files and consultant to the National Archives UFO Project. In this presentation, I will guide you through the highlights of this, the sixth collection of Ministry of Defence UFO Files. So how many files are included and what dates do they cover? There are 18 files in all and um, within them there are something like 5,000 pages of material and they cover roughly the dates 1995 through to 2000 and these files are mainly um, correspondence files that is they contain letters that have been sent in to the Ministry of Defence largely by members of the public but there are also two files that deal with parliamentary questions and parliamentary inquiries on UFOs um, so they contain um, responses and briefings to answer questions in the House of Commons um, from MPs who are asking about various aspects of, um, of UFO policy and UFO sightings. And there are, as I say, two files covering that subject. There are also three files in this collection um, that are called persistent correspondence files. And they are files that deal with um, three different members of the public who were constantly writing to the Ministry of Defence asking about specific UFO incidents. One of these files is quite interesting because it deals with the famous Rendlesham Forest UFO incident at RAF Woodbridge in Suffolk in 1980. Now the, um, the actual MOD file on that um, sighting was released in 2001 but some of the papers were withheld and um, a member of the public um, lodged an appeal with the then parliamentary ombudsman um, who looked at the um, MOD's arguments for um, withholding these papers and in the end it was decided that they should be released. So there's, there's all the, uh, the papers dealing with that um, correspondence that have been released as part of these files today. So how do these files compare or differ to the previous releases? Uh, well, the last set of files that uh, were released in February 2010 were mainly citing report files. So they covered um, a large number of separate incidents that have been uh, reported to the Ministry of Defence and logged by the, um, by the desk that dealt with this subject. Whereas these files deal with the correspondence that went alongside those citing reports. So um, once again, we get uh, information that deals with familiar UFO incidents. Um, for instance, the, uh, the, the flap of sightings that occurred over East Anglia in October 1996. This is the case where lights in the sky were seen and filmed by police patrols in Boston and Skegness in Lincolnshire. Um, they alerted the Coast Guard and the RAF. And the RAF, when they looked on the, on the air traffic control radar covering the area, um, saw an unidentified blip on the radar. Um, after this incident was reported in the media, the late Martin Redmond, who was the MP for Don Valley, wrote to the M MOD asking why RAF aircraft had not been scrambled to investigate this mysterious blip, and he also made serious allegations about the effectiveness of the RAF's air defence system. As a result of this, we can see from these files, the MOD launched a thorough investigation of the incident, and this concluded that the lights seen by the police were simply bright stars on the planet Venus, and the blip on radar was explained as a permanent echo which was caused by a tall church spire on the Lincolnshire walls. Um, we also see again in these files um, the issue um, concerning the function of RAF Rudlow Manor in Wiltshire. Now, around the time of the mid-1990s, many uh, ufologists in, in this country came to believe that this RAF base was the, the British equivalent of the American 
Area 51 in Nevada. Um, now, this is a place um, where we know that um, the Black Project aircraft had been under development by the Americans, but lots of um, believers in UFOs felt that this is where um, the wreckage from the uh, the famous Roswell UFO, which uh, supposedly crash-landed in the, in the New Mexico desert in 1947, had been taken and hidden by the Americans. And during uh, the 1990s, um, there were various rumours that um, if there was a similar base in the UK, uh, it would be at RAF Rudlow Manor in Wiltshire, because this was the headquarters of the RAF police, and it was where the, the RAF police's flying complaints flight um, was based. And in these papers, we see that in 1996, the, the Ministry of Defence admitted to a, a ufologist who, who wrote in to ask about um, the function of this base, and, and they, they said that, um, yes, until 1992, RAF Rudlow Manor had acted as a coordination point, point for reports of UFOs that were received from RAF bases. But they said all they, um, all they did, really, was just act as a post box. And if, basically, if a UFO was reported at one of the, um, the bases around the country, this would be sent through to RAF Rudlow Manor. And, and all they did was simply put it in an envelope and forward it to the MOD's office, which was known as Secretariat Air Staff 2 at Whitehall. And this was the real focus um, for UFO reporting. They say in the letter that um, no research was carried out at Rudlow and no investigations were carried out either. But this didn't satisfy some of the people who were convinced that the Ministry were hiding UFO secrets at Rudlow. And there's, there's various mentions in the, of these papers about attempts that have been made to break into the base and film uh, the inside of it. But uh, it doesn't, we don't really get any further than that in terms of what's in these files. So do we learn anything more about any incidents than we've previously encountered? Yeah, there was some uh, quite interesting new um, material that, um, about specific UFO cases that are included in these files. Um, there is quite a collection of material on incidents where people have believed that um, UFOs or mysterious flying objects have crashed in the, um, the British countryside. Probably the best known incident is the one that took place in the Berwyn Mountains in Wales in January 1974. Uh, late on the evening of the 23rd of January, uh, villagers in the, in the, um, the area of, uh, around the mountains heard what they thought was a loud explosion and lots of people rushed out into the, into the open. And when they did so, they, um, they saw mysterious lights zooming through the sky. Now, quite understandably, people feared that an aircraft had crashed onto the mountains and the emergency services were called out. And for, a, for a, quite a lengthy period, the police, the local police and the mountain rescue team from RAF Valley um, went out, they searched the hills, they couldn't find any trace of anything having crashed onto the hillside. And quite soon afterwards, it, the explosion was traced to an earth tremor, which had been detected by seismologists at the British Geological Survey in Edinburgh. And uh, there was a study done um, by the BGS of the cause of this incident, and uh, various astronomers uh, looked at the sightings of the um, the lights in the sky, and they some of these were matched to um, bright meteorites that were coincidentally uh, reported that same evening. Now, in 1996-97, on the 50th anniversary of the Roswell incident, this Welsh mystery resurfaced in the press and also in the UFO literature. And various writers claim that the, the explosion wasn't caused by an earth tremor after all, it was caused by a UFO crash landing on the mountain, and that the news of this had been covered up by the authorities. Now, one of these files contains the Ministry of Defence papers from 1974 that discuss the original incident. 
These were released to a ufologist who wrote in to the MOD in 2003. And they, the contents of these papers, seem to suggest that the original explanation was the correct one. There are two similar incidents that are also discussed in these uh, files. Um, one of them occurred in October 1996 in the Western Isles of Scotland. Uh, again, there were reports from, um, from people on the islands who'd heard a very loud explosion in the sky over the Atlantic Ocean. And this report reached the um, Coast Guard who launched a major air-sea rescue operation. There was helicopters and there was um, rescue boats that went out. Because uh, again, they assumed that this possibly could be an aircraft crash, but they found no wreckage um, during the search, and checks found that no aircraft were reported missing. Um, various um, um, authorities and experts, astronomers for instance, were asked um, what the possible explanation was, and the, um, the, the explanation that seemed to be the most probable is that this was a piece of um, space junk that burnt up in the atmosphere. Um, either a, a meteorite or a, or, a, or a piece of a satellite or, or space debris and this is what people had heard and seen as a, a loud explosion and a plume of smoke in the sky. Um, there, there were some questions that were asked by the Western Isles MP Callum MacDonald in the Commons and there is a response to his question in the files. Uh, there was also a similar incident in March the following year over the Peak District where there were reports of mysterious sonic booms and people who, who felt that they'd seen a, an air, aircraft crashing into the Peak District Hills on the border between South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. Again, this triggered a search of the moors by the police, the Royal Air Force and the mountain rescue teams. Again, no wreckage was found, no aircraft reported missing. Again, there was an RAF police investigation of this incident and this concluded that the most likely explanation was space debris or a meteorite. So do we learn anything new about the Ministry of Defence's position on UFOs? Well, these papers demonstrate how far official policy towards UFOs changed after the Cold War. Because back in 1957, some officials were so concerned by a spate of incidents involving UFOs tracked on radar that the subject was placed on the agenda of the Joint Intelligence Committee, or JIC, and these papers are amongst the, um, the material that are released in this set of files. Now, the new set of files also reveal that before the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, RAF aircraft were scrambled on average 200 times every year to investigate unidentified objects that were seen on radar. But the vast majority of these were identified as Soviet reconnaissance aircraft. Um, now that's an interesting figure, the 200 scrambles, because there is a, there is a, que there is a parliamentary question that's answered by the RAF um, in these um, files, and this reveals that after the fall of the Soviet Union, this is the period between 1991 and 1996, there were no scrambles logged of RAF aircraft, so these unidentified objects that have been seen on radar during the Cold War uh, seemingly um, were, no, were no longer there, were no longer being seen on air defence radars. So if we, if we contrast those figures about um, UFOs seen on radar with the number of actual UFO reports that the MOD received from ordinary members of the public, we get quite, quite an interesting comparison. Because during that same five-year period, 1991 to 1996, the Ministry of Defence received almost 1,200 sightings from the public, most of which were just filed away and not investigated. In 1996 alone, there were more than 600 separate reports, 
343 letters from the public and 22 separate inquiries from members of parliament. What this indicates is that by the 50th anniversary of the UFO mystery in 1997, the Ministry of Defence was no longer interested in UFOs as a defence problem. By then they saw it purely as a public relations issue. Each year they received hundreds of reports from the public, but none of these were judged to contain any evidence of a threat to defence. The inevitable consequence of this was the closure of the MOD's public UFO hotline at the end of 2009. You've mentioned a number of highlights there. Are there any others that stand out for you? Yes, there's, there's one very bizarre um, incident that's uh, covered in these files uh, that was reported to the Ministry of Defence's um, what became known as the UFO desk. Now, during this period, they, they were um, protesting when people wrote in saying, are you the UFO desk? And they were sort of saying, no, you know, there is no such, there's no such thing. All we do is we just sort of receive um, re reports from members of the public and, and um, check to see whether they are a defence interest. But inevitably, this desk, simply because it existed, um, tended to receive all kinds of weird and wonderful um, stories, including um, letters from people who, who claimed that they'd been abducted by aliens and questions about crop circles and animal, bizarre, unexplained animal mutilations. And amongst these files, um, they, there is, a, there is a, a, an inquiry that they received from a journalist who was asking if, they, if the MOD could confirm a story that he was writing at the time. This is in 1995 to 96 about a man who was questioned, apparently, by the Royal Air Force Police after he turned up at um, RAF Stanmore in Middlesex um, in, I think it was May 1990, to report a strange dream that he'd had where he, he dreamed of seeing what he thought was a bomb explosion at a military installation in London. Apparently, the claim was that after reporting this, um, that a bomb had actually gone off, that, that there'd been a terrorist attack at the base. Now the, the, it was left to the, to the desk that normally deals with UFO reports to check out whether there was any truth in this incident and to their surprise um, when they actually followed this up with, RAF, with the RAF police um, at, at Rudlow Manor um, they were able to confirm that um, yes they did question this man and that a few weeks later um, a terrorist attack, it was an actual IRA bomb, uh, exploded at RAF um, Stanmore. Um, so um, as you can see, this this is a case really of a psychic forewarning of a of a bomb attack. Even though it wasn't specifically, um, the dream wasn't specifically that this had happened at Stanmore. It's a very strange coincidence that this man was uh, had gone there and been questioned, and then this incident had occurred. True X Files material, really. Uh, so, are there any noticeable trends in the report, and and any obvious connections to popular culture? Yes, the fi the files that are being released cover a peak time for UFO sightings and interest um, in the subject in, in Britain and across the world. In 1996 alone, as I've said, the, the Ministry of Defence re received something like 600 reports of sightings. There are also hundreds of letters and many inquiries from members of Parliament. And this period of interest coincides with the time that we've got TV programmes such as The X-Files on um, the very, very popular uh, films such as Independence Day, which had a, a Roswell-related theme to it. Um, there was also a great number of newspaper stories. There were books that were being published. There were um, new magazines that, that were being launched covering the UFO um, subject. And all this was building up to the 50th anniversary of the birth of ufology um, during 1997. So that the subject began 
um, in July and uh, June July 1947 with Kenneth Arnold sighting and also with the famous um, Roswell incident and the intense media coverage at this time almost certainly contributed to this heightened level of public interest which was reflected in a doubling of the workload um, of um, correspondence and sighting reports that the, the Ministry of Defence were receiving at this time. All 18 files can be downloaded from the National Archives website, which is www.nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash UFOs. This podcast was recorded by the National Archives and all content is Crown Copyright.